Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest failures of 2010. It's people who fell from grace, Jack. The 2010s. Some people celebrate the achievers. Mm. We are looking at the people that had the biggest falls from grace in the 2010s to make us feel better. Yes, it makes me feel better about myself. Yes. I think that's healthy. There was an impeachment last night. We're we're experiencing an impeachment, please. Still happening. Still happening. Um, Two articles of impeachment. Obstruction of Congress, not obstruction of justice. They didn't even think they could pull off obstruction of justice. No. Obstruction of Congress, which but is... But bribery's in there, right? No. Emoluments clause. No. Uh, 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 extortion. They ran that up the flagpole for a minute. How about the 11 obvious evidences of obstructing justice from the Mueller report? Mm, that I was told so about much. over and over again. Not obvious enough to put into an impeachment uh, 
Uh-uh. Not even one article, of them. I guess. Not even one of them. So are you remember there was there was rampant talk of impeaching Trump for for, for firing Coney, Comey. And we had an emailer uh, state more eloquently than I just stumbled um, that if Trump hadn't been elected, there's no chance this would have happened. The FISA court scandal that was so disturbing, the FISA court itself spoke out and said, FBI, you better get your act together because this is wrong. None of that stuff would have happened if Hillary had won. Um, there, There is some belief that the reason the FBI and Comey, and I absolutely believe Comey was completely, intricately involved every step of the way in that thing. He clearly was. Um, absolutely. But the reason they were so willing to do that is everybody believed Trump would lose, including me. Um, uh, he's going to lose, so you know we're okay here. We just need to find out what's going on and see if there's anything really hinky that we need to be worried about. Yeah. They didn't think they were spying on a future president at that time. Right. In in fact, certainly the opposite. Oh, I just saw the video. I hadn't seen the video yet. We have the audio of when Nancy Pelosi announced the impeachment last night, and people started to cheer a little bit. Have you seen the video? No, I'm about to, The look she shoots them? Can we play that audio, Sean? It's Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi. It's number nine. Number nine. Oh, that's a look. The yeas are 230. The nays are 197. Present is one. Article one is adopted. The question question is on adoption of article two. Some cheering starts and she gives them the look and the... No, stop it. Yeah, wow. Remember, this is solemn and sad, not happy. I disagree. I think in the current era, she would have been better off going with a party atmosphere. Yes! We got him! And everybody cheers, and she's got her hands in the air. Yeah, she's old school, man. I think she's that behind would, the times. I think in the in the modern era, that works better. You yeah. Want, uh, all the times that uh, Pelosi said she was sad in her statement? Sure, why not? Very sadly now, <laughs> our founder's vision of a republic is under threat from actions from the White House. Sadly... The American people have witnessed further wrongs of the president. Today is a national civics lesson, though a sad one. I solemnly and sadly open the debate on the impeachment of the president of the United States. Who believes she's sad? Somebody's got to get her some antidepressants or something. She sounds really (laughs) down to me. Is there a homo sapien in America who actually believes she's sad? Do you want the rest of the Democrats who clearly all got the sad memo? (laughs) Yes. We gather today under the dome of this temple of democracy to exercise one of the most solemn powers that this body can take. It's with solemn purpose today that I vote to impeach. Madam Speaker, it is with a solemn sense of duty that I write. Madam Speaker, as we take this solemn, necessary step of impeaching mm. President Trump. So solemn. this solemn occasion. Impeaching the president is one of the most solemn and consequential. I cast this solemn vote for the many individuals in my district. Members of Congress swear a solemn oath to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and today we fulfill our oath. 
Madam Speaker, yeah, it's I'll like when, when you coordinate, heaven. listen, I'll leave, then you follow in 30 seconds. you got to have some of them not say solemn, because it makes it look a little less obvious that you sent out a memo have you, telling it may work in the word solemn. Have you heard of a thesaurus? Find other words that <laughs> right. say the same thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> By the way, back to the question of whether Nancy Pelosi is sad. I actually, I, I agree with you in your greater point. I think she is. In that her her caucus, particularly her core voters, are like the crazy drunk wife who tells you, you've got to go fight that Marine because he was rude to me. And you're thinking, don't make me do that. I don't want to do that. And But she, now you have to. She knows how bad this move is. She knows what a mistake it is. She's trying to make the best of it because, you know, she's in it. Um, but I would say the vast majority of the Democrats who just said solemn, sad, et cetera, are not in the least. Well, you heard them. They're like, yeah. Nancy gave them a look as if I started making animal noises in church the way my mom would look at me. <gasps> the, the sudden look of death. And Laser beams out of the eyes. Cheering is the appropriate response in our current politics. You think the people watching that that are that are Trump haters weren't cheering? You think they were sad? You think Boy, Rashida I, Tlaib was was solemn? I'm just thinking of voters all across the country. AOC. People I know. They uh. were cheering. They were happy as hell about that, to the extent they were paying attention at all. Yeah. There's nobody saying, you know, I don't like the guy, but I wish it hadn't come to this. You Show me that person. Right. Right. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. It's so phony. Well, right. That's I the mean, problem. politics is phony. I know. I've known that for a very long time. But just the naked phoniness we're of it now We're tribes now. Is... Cheer. Yes. Whoa. I mean, just cheer. Oh, you suck. I hate you. <laughs> I see you take it to the wall. Anyway, who else fell from grace in the 2010s? Oh, Jack, plenty of humiliation to go around. <laughs> We're making our way through the list of the top something or other that fell from grace in 2010s. In October 2015. The youngest. So, thank you. Gladys has a little something special planned for Marshall on his last day tomorrow. Interestingly, uh, Gladys was the uh, the oldest self-made female billionaire in the world. Uh, Elizabeth Ho- Elizabeth Holmes, the youngest self-made female billionaire in the world, in October 2015, a Wall Street Journal investigation revealed her blood testing company Theranos wasn't providing accurate results, and in fact was hardly doing a damn thing. <laughs> really? well, you, it claimed. Uh, you may remember me from several magazine covers holding a tiny droplet of blood. <laughs> what were you wearing at the time? Oh, my black turtleneck <laughs> that I have a closet full of. Exactly. And, and you needed a, a test tube of blood, right? No. Oh, just a single drop of blood, and I could do every single test possibly imaginable. I, I don't think that's true. Here, give me your finger. <laughs> the fact I don't. All you're doing is stabbing me. You you can't do those tests. So she would she would she would prick your finger, and then she'd say, "Let's all go to lunch now." Yes, we're and, we're going to go to lunch, and I will let my <laughs> my uh, shoebox sized machine of wonders right. do its wondrous which was, work, which had nothing in it. Right. And then everybody go to lunch, and they'd go to a regular lab and do all this stuff really fast over your long two hour lunch. It had science in it. Yeah, it only, it only took two minutes for us. Right. We did this in two minutes while right. you were at lunch. You know what? I'm starting to think you two are not Silicon Valley material. You know what? I think you ought to finger stick that wolf of yours you're gonna find out it's just a dog you want to pet my wolf before i go it's not a wolf i'd forgotten she was the youngest self-made female billionaire in the world that's That's a big deal take that glass ceilings (laughs) you're not anymore nothing counts so much as blood you're gonna have a concrete ceiling in bars oh boy that's a great story 
It really was... recommend the documentary on that oh, too yeah. on, on HBO. Really fascinating. So good. Is this right? It was just November of 2015 when the FBI found a certain weight loss miracle was in possession of 400 child pornography videos and has pay, had paid to have sex with minors. Subway's Jared Fogle, who'd lost 200 pounds on a diet of primarily Subway sandwiches. And it turned out to be a monster. Yeah. Well, he's just a, a raven child molester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then you got Roger Ailes kicked out of the company he founded in July 2016. Another perv thing. It's a parade of pervs. 2017, the monster. The monster Larry Nasser, the gymnast, gymnastics doctor, who, indeed, the investigation into him led to investigations into U.S. swimming and volleyball. Practically anywhere young people were in the... They were under the power of sports gurus who could make or break their dreams. In many, many instances, turned out they were being sexually exploited because they were in a position where they couldn't say no. Human nature does not change, and it is disappointing. What's my per- least favorite species? We, Homo sapiens. We should actually count on the li- on this list how many of them are sex related because it's it's the majority clearly. Bill O'Reilly, R. Kelly, and whether it's um, Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, yeah, you... Ch- Les Moonves. Tiger Woods sort of stuff, even though that was a decade before. But, you know, it's grown-ups with consensual affairs, but it blows up your marriage and your image. Mm-hmm. Or just full-on monster stuff, raping right. and children and all yeah. that sort of thing. Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Australia's highest-ranking Catholic. Cardinal George Pell. He was the actual molester. Never mind covering up. Yeah, Brian Singer, the Oscar-winning director, had sex with underage boys. Yeah. Yep. It's people who just, they, they cannot resist their sexual urges in, in large measure. Now, there are some that were, you know, not that. Aaron Hernandez, Lance Armstrong, that sort of thing. But I tell you what, man, it's a minefield. You can, you can get a hold of one aspect of your personality, work on that one. Clearly, it's the most difficult part. Yes, yeah. Well, it, well, yeah, it's, it is the, uh, next to breathing, eating, and drinking water, it is the irresistible urge that we're giving and as beasts. We got more on the way as we're running out of Armstrong and Getty show for the year. We got today and tomorrow's Eclipse of the Year, which is always really good, and then uh, Marshall's last day, so we'll be celebrating that throughout. Uh, stay tuned, Armstrong and Getty show. Yeah, we were doing a number of end-of-the-decade lists, and this was Billboard's number one rock album of the decade, according to them. I don't know how they determined that by uh, 21 Pilots. Remember what a uh, controversial song was when this came out about millennials being stressed out. Um, But there is more anxiety and that sort of stuff now than there was before diagnosed for some reason or other. Yeah, this was the best-selling or, or they declared the best. I don't know. I was just curious. They, they said it was the best. I don't oh, know. Those okay. Sales or that's critically just or like whatever. your opinion, man. Right. 
One impeachment note. That is a great album, by the way, this whole album, if you've never heard the whole album. Um, uh, duh. One impeachment note. I read this from David French in the dispatch yesterday, and I disagreed with it, and I wanted to mention it. It gets to the whole partisan we are now. It was the most partisan impeachment in our nation's history. We've only had three, so there's not a lot to compare it to. But um, Partisanship saved Bill Clinton. Partisanship will save Donald Trump. Partisanship has grown so powerful that if Richard Nixon was president today, he'd easily survive Watergate. I do not believe that at no. all. No, that's wrong. If you, if you had evidence that Donald Trump had a million-dollar slush fund he'd taken out of campaign money and was hiring crooks to break into buildings... And then, I would turn on him immediately. No, you can't be president anymore. Right. And then fired attorney general after attorney general and special prosecutors and the rest of it. He should have fired Comey. That was a good move, by it's, the way. So it, don't give me that. It, it wouldn't even be a close call. Right. You yeah. hired those guys to break into people's buildings and uh, and and take paperwork. No, you got to go. And I think it would bipartisan. You'd get booted out. So mm. I just don't agree. That, yeah. that, okay. With that one. Um, uh, uh, by the way, just briefly, uh, I'm sure there's a Foo Fighters album that wants to agree with me. Best rock album of the last decade, uh, Cage the Elephants, Thank You, Happy Birthday. Brilliant. That's if your you, opinion or you, a list somewhere? No, that's the right opinion, Jack. Oh, gotcha. Well, I don't know if they went with sales or what. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's what Billboard said. Um, this is an interesting end of the half century note. Uh, if you go back 50 years. And this is good news, even though it's about a very heavy subject. More Americans are dying at home than in hospitals for the first time in 50 years. Oh, my gosh. I have been interested by this statistic for quite some time. By far, most people say they'd rather die at home than in a hospital. It's like 90%. Yeah, yeah, right. The reverse is the case. Yes. The exact reverse. The exact reverse is the case. 90-plus percent die surrounded by gear. In a hospital. So everybody says they want to die at home, or not at a hospital anyway, and they end up, but, but it's, it's, it's starting to change and go the other direction. Oh, the, uh, the other part of that story and, I always liked I'm sorry, is, by the way, we're virtually the only country on earth that that's true. The other part of that stat that I always liked is among doctors, the number of doctors who die at home is very high. Yeah. <laughs> the people that, you know, oh no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Well, they know how to say, no, I'm out. Well, for them, it's dying at work, which seems doubly bad. Oh, good point. (laughs) The worst. The worst. This is the last sight I'm going to see. Damn it. Her and him in my peripheral as I'm dying? Nah. Last time Americans died at home at the current rate was in the middle of the last century. I think is really interesting. In 1912... Uh, two-thirds of residents died at home. By the 50s, the majority of Americans died in hospitals. And by the 70s, it was two-thirds. Mm. Now we've turned it around, and it's going back the other direction. It's not always at home, but it's not in a hospital. Home is on the rise. Then some sort of nursing facility. You know, you're super old, and you die at the old folks home, I guess. Yeah. Uh, hospice facility, which I know mm. a guy who works at a hospice facility, and those can be a great option, but... Yeah, got nobody. Just the thought of dying in a hospital is horrific. Yeah, it's just oh my god. Yep. So anyway, I was really happy to see that's turned around. I'd like to die uh, peacefully in my sleep, like my grandfather, and not like his passengers screaming as they went over the cliff. One of the great jokes of oh, all time. Oh boy, dark but hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's fairly dark. 
Oh, one more impeachment. I'm just looking through my notes. Have you heard Alan Dershowitz's name is being thrown around as one of the lawyers defending the president on the in the Senate? No, is that real? I've heard it a bunch of different places. Mm. I don't know if anybody's asked him if he's interested. (laughs) That would be beautiful. That is exactly the sort of thing you would get from the modern media. He does believe that this is bad for the country in setting a precedent and lowering the standard for impeaching presidents. He, as a law professor at Harvard, he believes that that's bad, and mm-hmm. he would argue such. So. Yeah. And he'd be really good at it. He got O.J. off, he gets Trump off. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's Why would you say that just like that? That was not helpful. It's technically true. Well, yes. Where's some... the lie? <laughs> you, you can leave it unsaid. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? <laughs> well, bickering back and forth leading up to a possible Senate impeachment trial. Oh, yeah. If, if you haven't heard Nancy's new threat, it is hilarious. And, <laughs> and we got a weird <laughs> twist in the Jeffrey Epstein suicide case. Story coming up for you. Not a weird twist for Sean. He's the bull- truth is not a twist. <laughs> <laughs> the Jeffrey Epstein what case? Huh? Mm. huh? Yeah. Mm. Stay tuned yeah. for that all the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. We did this earlier in the show. It's worth mentioning again. So the embargo was lifted on the movie version of Cats. They took that horrifying musical and turned it into a movie. Mm. You've probably seen the uh, the previews or the trailers or whatever. It's got Taylor Swift and a whole bunch of giant stars in it. Anyway, the embargo was lifted, and one reviewer said, Cats is the worst movie I've seen. A truly awful and ugly film that I wish I could erase from my brain. (laughs) And most other reviews fall along those lines. Mm. Yeah, yeah, some of them we read earlier are just hilarious. I mean, people really brought out their thesauri to blast this movie. It's the sort of movie that gives you excitement to kill it. Much like feral cats, urinating in your bushes and and making loud cat love under your window at night. You just want them dead. (laughs) Let's get the news now, Marshall Phillips. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell saying House Democratic leaders may be getting cold feet and could be too afraid to formally submit articles of impeachment to the Senate. This after Speaker Nancy Pelosi suggested she may withhold these submissions until Senate leaders set guidelines for what she considers a fair process in a Senate trial. This is what I don't consider a trail fair trial. That Leader McConnell has stated that he's not an impartial juror, uh, that he's going to take his cues, in quotes, from the White House, and he is working in total coordination with the White House Counsel's Office. Uh, you may find this interesting if you're into this sort of thing. It was pointed out in something I read earlier today that during the Clinton impeachment, one of your leading Democrats, and I can't remember who it was, actually raised an objection on the Senate floor to being referred to as jurors because he said, that's not what this is, and we are not that. It's a political process. Right. We're going to vote at the end. It's incorrect to call ourselves jurors. And uh, Chief Justice Rehnquist, it was one of the few things he had to do, said, you know what? You make a good point. You're not jurors. So, well, they're not. There you go. And as the House was about to vote on impeachment last night, President Trump was holding a campaign rally in Michigan touting his accomplishments. How do you beat what we've done with the economy, with our great vets, with choice? You finally got choice. They've been trying to get it for almost 50 years. 
Four more years? Four more years. Lock it up? No, one more yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> edge, edge, they say. Is that what they're chanting? He, Do the edge, edge bit. They're all shouting yeah, in unison. Right. Right. He is not on the Democratic debate stage today, but 2020 presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg took a shot at Joe Biden on MSNBC. Joe no. Biden doesn't have the experience. He's never been a manager of an organization. Um, he's never run a school system. Like uh, Bloomberg has? Anyway, when the billionaire was asked about the other candidates in the race, he said that the presidency should not be a training job. Well, when you're mayor, you're an executive running the biggest city in the country, yes. and he runs a giant um, uh, media empire and all that sort of stuff. Correct. That, that's why we don't we don't elect congresspeople. We just, we don't. And senators. We don't. They, 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 they talk in weird languages about legislation. <laughs> And we tend not to elect them. <laughs> Facebook says it's going to clamp down on efforts to use its services to interfere with the 2020 U.S. Census. That's going to include the posting of misleading information about when and how to participate, who can participate, and the consequences of taking part. Facebook says it's also prohibiting advertisements that discourage people from taking part in the U.S. Census. And going back to the uh, Democrats running for president, since there is a debate tonight. Yes. Latest poll that came out yesterday, YouGov poll. Biden at 29, 10 points above his closest competitor when you drop down to Sanders and Warren and then Buttigieg. National poll. National poll. Okay. Harris poll from the day before, he's up 16 points on the, the next round. And his, his staying power with double-digit leads in the national poll is... Do you say, well, people aren't paying attention yet? Well, we're getting pretty close. Still name recognition. You think? I, I think to a large extent, yeah. What's uh, more interesting to me than that is in a couple of different polls of the uh, hypothetical uh, hypothetical head-to-head matchups yeah. that we usually mock because they're useless, um, especially this far out. Uh, Trump is now winning all of those, which is a change. On the other hand, it's still probably a useless exercise because we're this far out. Prosecutors are saying that video that would likely show what was taking place outside Jeffrey Epstein's New York jail cell before he attempted suicide last July has gone missing. What? The assistant U.S. attorney says no one can seem to find the footage that would show the outside of Epstein's cell that he was sharing at the time with an accused murderer. The murderer, a former Westchester cop, is facing the death penalty for four murders related to a drug deal. He claimed he saved Epstein from killing himself. His lawyer says they wanted the video to show his good character in saving Epstein, and now they can't find it. These guards, like a lot of government workers, don't do their job. They haven't been doing their job for years. And, and they all cover up for each other. And they cover up for each other. Right. And if it ever, for some reason, something happens like this, where you check on it, you think, you find out, oh, yeah, you guys weren't doing your jobs. Right. So somebody got to the video and then got rid of it. That was Epstein's or cellmate. it was a murder. That's Epstein's cellmate? Yeah, at the time. And uh, a yeah. ex-cop. He is the, oh, jeez. He is, if you were to make a movie about the person you did not want to share a cell with in prison, it is that guy. Well, Hi, did... I'm Jeffrey. What's your name? <laughs> oh, he's a scary-looking son of a yeah, gun. And how did Epstein end Ooh. up in the cell with that guy? Oh, look at him. And, oh, and, and, yeah. and, and how yeah. much would you have to pay that guy to, uh, to kill Epstein? Probably not a lot. Mm, listen to you with your conspiracy theories. 
Yes, most crimes are a conspiracy if there's more than one person involved. I think he probably killed himself, but it's certainly not. It's There, there are a bunch of other conspiracies that right. are crazy. The idea that somebody could ruin the royal family, various Saudi princes, right. a president or two <laughs> getting murdered right. is not a crazy theory. Right. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the and, and not just go ahead. Nation. And not just these powerful people among the like ten most powerful people in the world. Right. Not just they had an affair. No, you were having sex with underage girls. Ruin Maybe. your life. His or you were certainly tolerating it. Yeah, His business you. model was a professional blackmailer. He found intricate ways yep. and innovative ways. Oh no, it's a fun to just donate to this and then I'll manage your money and all of a sudden I'm a billionaire hedge fund. But he was a professional blackmailer. It wasn't just, oh, he knows something. That was his business He model. gets you to the party, you have a couple yep. of drinks, hooks you up with the hot chick like he always does, then tells you later, she was 17, by the way. Don't know you if you knew that. that. Yeah. Is that, how well documented is that? Or did you just get I've that off the dark web? I've written it a bunch of times on various Reddit posts, so very well documented. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, fair enough then. Yeah. We well, had, why, why did he have that picture of Bill Clinton in a dress in his house? I mean, that whole weird it's thing. It's beautiful art. Yeah. really makes you stop and think. You know, the nature of man and women and power. <laughs> it's just it's really it's beautiful. <laughs> so are we going to finish strong or what? Probably not. I think I have a, a metaphor for where we are as a people, uh. as, a, as a nation. The impeachment oh. proves it gotcha. to help understand what's what's become of us as the American people. We'll touch on that. Who knows what else? I don't know. All next. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yes, Joe loves this kind of Christmas music. Yeah. Mannheim Steamroller? I think that's correct, yeah. I've that heard it enough, yeah. Uh, so, uh, we we talked to Dan Balls of the Washington Post earlier today. He is one of the real deans of American journalism. He's fair, he's smart, the rest of it. Um, he's old school. And we were talking about how the impeachment is undeniably historic, but it's not historic like it would have been because it gets thrown around. I mean, this is just this is actually impeachment light, honestly. And, And I was trying to come up with a metaphor for the way Americans you know relationship with each other has changed and and the way we throw around the word or the action of impeachment. I think the country has moved into a new phase of of its relationship with each other, the parties, etc. We're no longer a a a really successful couple that bickers, you know, we have arguments, disagreements over you know, the kids sometimes or finances, but we, we love each other. We come together because what unites us. We are now a couple of tweakers who are constantly screaming at each other. My mother was right. I shouldn't have married you. I ought to divorce you, you slut. Wow. We're, we're now that couple wow. as a country. That's ugly. So, yeah. so yeah, the Democrats are saying we ought to impeach you, you slut. 
And the Republicans are saying, we never should have married you. And we're now we're that couple. In our single wide trailer with newspapers instead of curtains, we got pit balls in the yard, our kids got no shoes on, this is America. The point being, 25 years ago, you'd never say to your fellow Americans, yeah, maybe we ought to get divorced, because we had a much healthier relationship. I mean, it would have to be a very serious problem in which you're seriously considering divorce. Now we just throw that at each other to win every argument. And and it's just, it's a different time. Yeah. Well, it's the age of hyperbole, as we've said many times. You're just not going to get attention with, we think the president was unwise. This is a, 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 a clumsy use of American foreign policy. Nobody's going to pay attention to that. More reviews of the movie Cats, Joe. This is yes, from the please. this is from the LA Times, I'll paraphrase. I remember the time I knew what happiness was, and you will again once you have gotten just beyond the light of the exit sign. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Wow. For for the most part, this is also from the LA Times review. For the most part, Cats is both a horror and an endurance test. <laughs> it's in, in it's uh Ghastly, inextricable, tedious, something or other. I didn't know what that word was. Um, I found it all exhausting, says the Hollywood Reporter. So they didn't like it. Millions of dollars and thousands of hours have been sunk into making the cats in Cats look like mutants from the uncanny valley of Dr. Moreau. (laughs) Is that a good thing? No. 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 It's disturbing. Tom Hooper's outlandishly tacky interpretation seems destined to become one of those once-in-a-blue-moon embarrassments that mars the resumes of great actors and trips up the careers of promising newcomers. Yeah, the sort of thing that you get hung around you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Of course, you were in Cats. There's a thin line between idiocy and genius, and Cats pukes a hairball on it and rubs its ass all over it. Wow! Wow! That's unnecessarily frank. Oh, jeez. A tough review. Uh, wow! Wow! Still hovering at 17% on Rotten Tomatoes? In the teens, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Much like uh, the approval rating of Congress. Glad to report that Cats is everything you'd hoped for and more. A mesmerizingly ugly fiasco that makes you feel like your brain is being eaten by a parasite. <laughs> a, f- a viewing experience so stressful that it brought on a migraine. There you go. <laughs> wow! Hard to imagine. The cat people are disturbing looking. It's hard to ruin, in quotes, Weber's already strange musical, but Tom Hooper's wrong-headed attempt certainly tries. Wow. You will witness things no eyes should see. (laughs) (laughs) At least the costumes are not anatomically correct. That's the only thing that could have made it worse. Now I want to see it. Yeah, I will not, I'm not going to go to a theater, but if, if, I, if I'm if i flipping around or it like shows up on Netflix, I'll, I'll give it a look just since the reviews have been so awful. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to see this. If if MoviePass was still a thing and didn't go bankrupt, this was the perfect MoviePass yes. movie. Yeah. That I would I would have probably seen this twice just to force other people to experience its horribleness. I could see going to see it with friends. Yeah, yeah. Just to see how terrible it Get is. A, especially now with these movie theaters, you can grab a beer in them. They got oh, the, yeah, the, if the, I could the drink chairs and, and yeah. Um, but you are going to Star Wars tonight. I am. Instead of watching the debate, boy, I don't like know. Like a that, real American. Yeah, well, ratings for the debate are going to be poor. I guarantee that. Oh, for goodness sakes. And this time of year? Is Star Wars opening all across the country? Yes. So yeah, that'll, that'll give it a hit also. Oh, yeah, in terms of who's going to actually watch the, the real time of the debate. Yeah. 
Although I don't know what the Venn diagram of bought your tickets weeks in advance for Star Wars and really involved in the political day-to-day. Would have watched right, right. had you not. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't not. know either. Very thin I always think it was the there. Democrats as the young party, so I thought maybe there might be young people that would watch the movies, but I don't know. Not watching debates. It'll hurt Bernie's, uh, you know, Bernie voters. The old man who appeals mostly to children. Do you plan to watch any of it? Uh, probably not. It's Judy's birthday, and so we'll be going out to dinner and such. Making and Star a, a Wars? Fest of it. Uh, no. I probably, <laughs> no. like last time... I dragged take... her to a couple of Star Wars movies. She's, she's that's good. That's pretty good. That's all I can get out of her. I probably, like last time, will take in the entire two hours. I got something wrong with me. And then I record, like, three different echo chambers and pick up the rest of them on, uh, on YouTube. Because mm. I'm always interested in people's opinions. I would watch a chunk of it. Were I not otherwise engaged, just because I enjoy the sport. But last one is was, and I don't. This is not a part of the Democrats are boring and their stupid plans. I mean, the last debate was seriously just boring, and nothing happened. Part of it was the way Rachel Maddow handled it, and she got praise for it. Although later people said you didn't get him to say anything. <laughs> I mean, so if, if that was the first debate, I think it would have been very different tonally coming off of it. But the fact that it was the third one, no new ground was actually brought, and she just kind of did a cleaner presentation of the first two yeah, debates. Right. They, they Why were, did we do this? They were happy with the fact that there were you know no arguing over each other. The crowd didn't get involved. That's because everybody was just allowed to give their stump speech, individual stump speeches for two hours with no challenge from anybody. Who wants that? Nobody. That's it. Marshall, we really want to mate with you. (laughs) Final thoughts next. I'm glad we got that on because obviously we have just one more day with Marshall Phillips as our newsman. Woe is me. Here's our host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show. There he is, Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought, Sean? Absolutely. I will be at the theater Cinemaplex tonight watching the Star Wars. I will have my full review and recap tomorrow. If you're looking for me, I'll be the one dressed as Baby Yoda. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Pressing the buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, I feel like a sports fan who is going to see the last game at the stadium tomorrow before the team moves away. I'm going to be sad to see Marshall go, but um, I think it'll be a fun gift exchange, too, as well. A lot of laughs tomorrow. Yeah, we could auction off his chair for charity. There you go. Good idea, actually. Uh, Marshall Phillips, our esteemed newsman. Final thought? Well, I will be watching at least part of the debate as part of my due diligent closure on the Armstrong and Giddy Show because I may not watch another debate now for a long time. Mm. Jack, a final thought to share with us? Um, Yeah, I did. What was it? I flipped it out of my head. I forgot what it was. I'll I'm jump sorry. in. My final thought is I love the last show of the year because it's oh, yeah. the Clips of the That's Year show. That's what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, sure you were. You're stealing. Uh-huh. Copy, copycat. Right. Copycat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it just, uh, it's a reminder of all the ridiculous stuff we either cared about for a cup of coffee or were supposed to or the funny stuff. Oh, I just and, love it. And more than ever, I guarantee the Clips of the Year is going to stand out as th- that happened this year? I know. The pace of the news. Right. It's just, it's it's dizzying. So many historic moments. <laughs> How are you feeling about uh, the uh, last show of your uh, radio career? Well, you know, I've already started to uh, pack up some of my uh, mementos here. I'll be uh, hauling them out to the uh, car or the station wagon later today and, uh, you know, getting ready. Are you going to leave with a blast? Like, what you really think of us and that sort of thing. <laughs> you know what I really think of you. Yeah, we're about to. <laughs>
Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all the clicks for you and articles and stuff we mentioned. Our extra-large podcast with Peter Bogosian. Do not miss it, please. Plus, you can order some fabulous swag. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.